The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, here we are. It's already August the 18th. Just about time for the NFL to kick off officially regular season. The MLB season slowly winding down. And it's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. And today we're catching up with Royals insider Jake Lutz. How the hell have you been, man? Dave, I'm doing great. Making it through the season. (laughs) Yeah, I've been jealous of you, Jake. You've been seeing uh, Northwest Arkansas. You've seen them several times. And during this this dish, I want to talk, uh, Jake, about September call-ups, about the 40-man roster heading into the winter with the Rule 5 draft and some of the recent moves the Royals have made. Um, so forth and so on. But let's get started here by talking about where the Royals are at. We're 44 and 80. What did you pick? I didn't. I had them at 75 wins, right? Were you 74 before the year? I think I was around, yeah, like 72 maybe is what I picked. I, I'd have to look back. But it, it was somewhere in the low 70s. So we're so. both we're both going to be uh, a decent amount off. A little off. <laughs> <laughs> Probably anywhere from – well, how many games are the Royals going to lose? So if they're 44 and 80 – Right now, what do you think their final record would be? We got what? We got exactly 40 games left. So you're 44 and 80. What do you think? I'm thinking probably 102 to 105 is what I would guess right now. So like 60 wins, 59, 58, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I would guess. Okay. I'll go with 102 losses. 102. Sadly, 102 might only get them the number four pick, by the way, too. I mean, if you're going to, I say sadly, because if you're going to lose 100, you, sh- you want that number one or two pick. You know, you may as well get that. Um, but, man, right. how bad are Detroit and Baltimore? Detroit <laughs> is now 37 and 84. Back in what, early to mid May, they were several games ahead of the Royals. Now they're 37 and 84. Somehow even worse than Baltimore, who runs out David Hess all the time this year and has right <laughs> fielders who throw the ball into the wall. Um, Baltimore is 39 and 85, Detroit 37 and 84. So the Royals seven games ahead of Detroit, five ahead of Baltimore. You pretty much agree the Royals aren't going to be that, as bad as those two, right? I don't think so. I mean, if we could get swept by Baltimore this week, that would help, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. I want to start winning games, man. I want to get. I want to finish off this season strong and get back. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about next year, you know, our, our post, uh, postseason dish here in a bit. Not, not us playing in the postseason, obviously, but the season being over for the Royals in early October. We'll talk about what they should do and where they may end up next year. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping right now, gun to my head, that, that maybe they can get closer to that 76-80 to 80 win barrier next year, depending on the pitching and stuff. That may even be a little overzealous. But, you know, anyway, different conversation for a different day. But, Jake, the one team the Royals are battling with right now are the Miami Marlins, who are one game better, or one, one win better, I should say, 45 and 78. Your thoughts on the Royals versus the Marlins? Is that coming out of the wire for that number three or four pick? I think it probably will, yeah. I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I'd have to look. I'm not paying that close attention to the Marlins record, but I feel like they've been playing decent baseball at times the second half, so um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping we can. I think the third pick is probably where we're going to land. Probably so, probably so. And you can definitely get an impact bat or impact player. Probably a bat is what they need if you look up and down the minor leagues right now. Plenty of pitching, but not too many guys. If you go up and down the entire minors, Jake, there really aren't hardly any impact hitters. It's a little bit worrisome right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely my biggest concern because, you know, we both know what's coming as far as the starting rotation. I think we're going to have, you know, an opportunity to have a very strong one here by uh, 2021 even, but 
yeah, as far as the bats, it's been a pretty disappointing year for our minor league system because I think a lot of guys that we were, you know, pretty excited about last year in low A just have had really rough years in high A and not really seen a lot of production in double A AA or triple A either. So that that's going to be the biggest question mark for the rebuild, absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, we Nick Prado has definitely struggled this year. MJ Melendez has struggled. Uh, Silly Matias, of course, being hurt and hardly playing this year. Michael Gigliotti has been hurt the majority of the year. Kyle Isbell has been banged up. I mean, you go all, you know, those, those main guys you mentioned that are at high A Wilmington this year. Um, you know, it's been it's been disappointing to see some of them struggle, but more so getting hurt. And a lot of that, I think, several of those guys I mentioned, half of those are because of injuries, a, a big part of it. Yeah. So, uh, but the good thing about pitching, Jake, excess starting pitching. And the Royals also don't sleep on their relievers down there, too. They've got some excellent relief mm-hmm. pitching guys, double A and below. The good thing about if it does end up being excess pitching, which, it, it you know, the chances of that probably still aren't great. You can never have enough pitching. But... You know, you trade one or two of your stud pitchers if you have three, four, five of them, and, and maybe one of your stud catchers, which they have like 15 stud catchers <laughs> in their minor <laughs> leagues. You know, those are two of the toughest positions to find. So catching and pitching, you know, that could get them an impact bat or two. And a good thing, too, is it's a lot cheaper on the open market to sign an impact bat than a pitcher. You agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Espe- especially when you see guys like, you know, not that Marwin Gonzalez was an impact bat, but guys like that that aren't getting hardly anything in the open market. You know, guys like Nelson Cruz who are vastly underpaid in the past. On and on and on. There should be plenty of opportunities to get bats. And plenty of salary, too, with, with Alex Gordon coming out the books and, and making much less. Do we both agree Alex is coming back for one more year? I think it's almost a, a, a sure thing. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. There's, there's no way he's done and no way he should be done with the way he's played this year. And I know he's cooled off a little bit in the second half, but he's still playing a gold glove, glove, gold glove level defense out there. And he's still, you know, producing at the plate, you know. So I think that there will definitely be an agreement that they'll want to bring him back, probably on a much, you know, smaller deal that I think they'll get something done. I don't think he would play for anyone else. So no. I think they'll get one play one more year and then we'll kind of see where he's at at the end of next year and see kind of where the team's at and see what they want to do going forward but yeah i think a one-year deal's coming one year four and a half million something like that yeah i think something around that range sounds sounds about where probably the royals want to be and i, I think gordon you know I, I think he would agree to that too at this stage of his career yeah it's here or nowhere so i, I believe he'll play one more year um, it'd be nice to have some finality, too, where he can say, this is my last year, and then there's no stress on him. There's no worry about the fans getting on him if he's struggling. You know you know, it's the last year for everybody. You get one more year together. I, I always like going out that way yeah. rather, rather than surprising people the day after the season. You know what I mean? I'd rather, I'd rather have one more full season and know it's going to be his last and really enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he deserves it, you know, being a Royal full career and everything he's done for the city, winning a world championship. It absolutely should be that way for him. Yeah. Well, the good thing, like we said, there, there'll be chances to get bats. And I, and, I, and, and we're, by no means are we giving up on Prado or Melendez or Matias or Khalil Lee, I guess, has, has been a pretty – has had a pretty good year, actually. He's one of the ones that's had a, a better year. The play discipline's phenomenal for him. He's probably ready mm-hmm. for AAA, although it'll be next year until he gets up to Omaha. But that's been one of the guys that's – and a guy we'll talk about, a speedster we'll talk about here in a bit that I think might get a September call-up that's not currently on the 40. We'll talk about him here in a little bit. But let's talk, before we get into the 40-man and the Rule 5 and all that, some moves have been made since we last spoke. Jake Diekman, of course, traded. Homer Bailey traded. Martin Maldonado traded. Billy Hamilton, Lucas Duda, bye-bye. Um, let's focus on the positives here. I don't want it to be negative tonight, so we're not going to talk about some of the negative free agents. We all know there's, there were some free agent signings that didn't work out this year, but that's how it is, you know? Um, but I really like Kevin Merrill getting back for Homer Bailey. Have you seen him play, by the way, with Northwest Arkansas? I can't remember if you've seen him yet. 
No, I was the last time I was down there was right before we made the trade, so I haven't gotten to see him play. But I, you know, obviously with everything I read, was extremely happy to get a former first round pick back for for Homer Bailey. I mean, I don't think you can ask for much better than that. No, that trade's a slam dunk win, and that signing's a slam dunk win. And the Royals hardly paid him anything, and they turned him into a first round pick just a couple of years ago. Now, will Kevin Merrill turn out to be anything? Who knows? But it, it, that's a great gamble. That's a great trade. So is the Martin yeah. Maldonado. I wanted to focus on the Maldonado. Um, for Mike Montgomery, Jake. Now, talk to me about Montgomery because let's go through this. This is a guy that when he came up with that, the best farm system of all time back in the day with your Duffies and your Dwyers and your John Lambs and all those guys, Tim Melville, when he was coming up, he might have been the highest rated and, and looked like he had the highest upside. I saw him throw Jake yep. at low A Burlington B's when they, before they went to Kane County. So 2009, I saw him throw like the day, day, day before or after the 4th of July. Salvador Perez was catching. Gerard Dyson was playing right field. Eric Hosmer was playing first base. And I saw Mike Montgomery throw a shutout, K about 11, and he just looked phenomenal out there. Ever since then, I've been a huge Mike Montgomery fan. I was a little sad when they traded him. I got it, though. I appreciated the trade. It ended up working out, obviously, for everybody involved. Uh, but his last three starts, he came over, Jake. He's 29. First few starts were really rough. Got lit up a couple of times by Cleveland. I was up there, actually, and saw that one up there at Progressive Field in Cleveland, his first start. But the last three starts, now one of them was against Detroit, let's say that, but there was the Mets in there. Um, so it's not like, you know, it was somebody horrible. Boston Red Sox, not a great offense this year and not playing well, but he did face Boston and the Mets in addition to Detroit. But his last three starts, my point being 18 innings, 22 strikeouts, only two runs over those last three outings in the 18 innings. So I ask you, should we be cautiously optimistic, or is he 29 and just having a nice little streak because he's a soft-tossing lefty that, you know, he is what he is? What are your thoughts on Mike Montgomery? Is there anything left there, or is he pretty much what he is and nothing to be excited about? You know, I, I think there could be something. I mean, I've been impressed with his last few outings, and I think, you know, adjusting again from, you know, he'd been a reliever all year and then adjusting back to starting, which is what he wants to do. But, again, he hadn't been really trained for that this year, so it's probably going to take a few outings for him to get back into it. So I think I think next year will be the key. I want to see him in the rotation next year and see him actually go through a spring training where he knows he's going to be competing for a spot in that rotation and actually see what he can do. I like what I've seen. I like the way he locates the ball, and you know I think there still could be something there. So I think next year will really tell us whether there's anything left in the tank. But regardless, it, it was a great move, and a, you know, not even, I won't even call it a gamble. The fact that he traded Maldonado for you know a, a starter, a fifth starter right now on your team is pretty impressive. And, you know, hear me out on this, Jake, before you laugh. But what if, let's play the what if game. What if the Royals turned Martin Maldonado, who was the best catching, you know, best catcher available when Salvador Perez went down? That was a great signing there. What if they turned their great signing into a very good starter? But hear me out. Let's take this one step further. We were just talking about how we're lacking bats. What if next year when he's 30 and the Royals have legitimately, realistically, I should say, realistically one more total rebuilding year next year. I, I think we both agree there's one more year where you're pretty much still yeah. re fully rebuilding, I'm saying. Um, you know, 2021 could get exciting if the starting pitching is as good as it looks like it could be possibly, and you've got Keller and Junis rounding into form. You know, great starting pitching and defense and a, a core of Mondesi and Merrifield and Dozier and possibly Solaire. I mean, you've you got some bats there. So hear me out on this. If the Royals... Let's say they move Mike Montgomery this time next year, next July. If he could turn into a decent starter, I mean, a little bit better than Homer Bailey, 
the Royals could flip him for a pretty stud hitting prospect, you would think, at that point, right? So, I mean, this could turn out to be a really good thing for the Royals. They get some good innings and a good year out of him, and they turn him into even a, another bat because you got plenty of pitching coming behind him, and you're going to need the mm-hmm. offense, right? Yeah, it, it gives them a lot of options and flexibility and what they can do if he turns out well. So, I think, yeah, him going into next year as a starter and then having a successful year would give them a good option there. you got to possibly flip him for a hitting prospect or, you know, just to continue to have success and, I don't know, see what you want to do with him down the road. But, yeah, it, it, it turned out to be a great deal. I'm already very content with it, and it gives them a lot of options and flexibility with they, what they can do. Absolutely. He does look a lot better, and we've got to give some credit to Cal Eldred for this. You know, a lot of people have been very anti-Cal Eldred, and, and we've discussed it before. There's reason to be um, concerned um, but we have seen a lot of good things happen in the second half. Montgomery, we'll talk about Keller and Junis here in a bit as well. And even, uh-huh. Sp- even Sparkman some of the time. We'll talk about him too. But the next person I want to talk to you about, tell me what you've seen so far from Bubba Starling, Jake. I, you know, it's, we've seen a glimpse of the ball jumping off his bat. We've seen a guy that plays a tremendous defensive outfield. Do we think there's anything there? Because statistically he was basically league average Triple uh, A, you know, the PCL, the, the juice ball down there. He basically was having an, a league average offensive season for Triple A. His numbers were good, but if you look at the rest of the league, yeah. everyone's numbers are juice down there because of the ball. So, how excited should we be about a Bubba Starling versus a Brett Phillips? And and are those two gutting it out for center field next year with Alex in left and somebody else in right that they sign? Is it between Starling and, and Starling and Phillips? And what do you think of those two? Yeah, I think so, and you know, I, I think they're both very similar in a way where they, I think, both can play in elite center field, but at the same time, really, have had their. I mean, although we haven't seen them struggle too much at the plate yet, but I think those struggles we've kind of started to see and slow down a little bit. And he's going to have to adjust to big league pitching. You know, the first ten days he was in pretty well, and now he's starting to have a little bit of regression. But I think time will only tell. Again, it's it's going to be interesting. Same with Phillips because he just came back up. You know, he was tearing it up in AAA. And then again, though, we've never really seen him hit big league pitching well. So it's really going to be whichever one of those guys can figure out how to hit it, then it'll be level even just a little bit. Because right now, I think, you know, I'm not too optimistic about either of their bats at the major league level. I love the way they both played at defense. You know, the Phillips play last night was fantastic against the wall. I, I think they're both elite defenders. And just I'm hoping that one of them, you know, can figure out something at the plate at the major league level. So I've been impressed with, you know, how Bubba's, you know, adjusted the speed of the game so far at the major league level. It's just going to be a matter of now whether he can adjust to the pitching and, and what guys are seeing with him on film. Now, let me, I'll let you answer first. I know my answer, but who are you more, hope, more hopeful for? Who do you think has a brighter future and, and more of a chance to be a part of this next wave, Starling or Phillips? I'm still going to say Phillips. Me too. Um, and I, I guess I am kind of basing that off of because he has torn it up so much in the minor leagues over the years and it just hasn't happened at the big league level. I'm just hoping eventually that switch is going to come on. And I know he hasn't done much yet, but I feel like he still does look a little bit more confident at the plate up there right now. So I'm hoping that we can see a flash of something over the next, you know, month and a half from him. But I, I think he's still just he, – his the way he plays center field, I really, really like. Um, he has an unbelievable arm. And I, I – I, feel like I can just see it more with him from the left side of the plate. Yeah, I, I, 
I'm with you, man. I, I think there's something there. I, and I will have to check in this. I believe he was a former top hunter prospect for a minute when he was with Milwaukee in all of baseball. I, I even think Jorge Lopez might have been, too, for that matter. One of them was for sure. I think both of them might have been or damn close. But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, the physical tools are all there for both of them, for that matter. They're both exceptional athletes, Starling probably even more so. Um, you know, both way plus defensively. But like you said, both have the question mark, can they hit the major league level? I think if you look at, at, uh, at Phillips' last six weeks, he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the baseball um, down there at Omaha. So how about Hunter Dozier? They're playing him out in right right now. I think you would agree it's, it's pretty rough out there right now. It doesn't look like he's a natural in right. I didn't think he was that bad at third, personally, but um, definitely better than Cuthbert defensively, without a doubt. But uh, where where is his future? Because Solaire's got to be the DH, you would assume. And could he play right field next year? I think he could. We talked about Gordon and left. One of the Phillips or Starling and center, maybe him and right, because Khalil Lee needs some more time at AAA. Um, a guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit isn't going to be ready to start yet. But is 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 Dozier a possibility at first base? Is that something they could do? I guess they could put him at first. You know, especially with you know the, the season O'Hearn's had and his struggles, but. Yeah, I, same way. He does. He does not look like a natural out there in right field. He's definitely still learning, and maybe he could make some serious strides if that was his focus for an entire off season and spring training. But I think he's still got a long way to go out there. Really, a good arm is about all he's providing right now. And I, honestly, I thought he was really improving at third base. Me too. And I was impressed. I, I I thought he was a lot better over there, and that's really where he looks the most natural. And I think he's fine at first base as well. But. I, honestly, I'd like to see him at third. I, I think he has a chance to lock down third with the way he's played. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised by that. I, you know, at first I figured they were going to move him to get Kelvin Gutierrez more at bats because obviously Gutierrez has the yeah. has the more you know much more upside than Cuthbert. We agree on that, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I like what I saw from Gutierrez actually at the plate and, and defensively really earlier this year. I know, do too. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more seeing more from him in the future as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of work there if they want Dozier out there right field. I, I, I don't know if that's a natural fit at all. And you don't want guy, you know. And, again, another question, Jake. Here's another question for you. Is it one of those things where Merrifield's going to end up playing right field? We've got to discuss that option, too. Or is, you know, is, is Lopez back to Omaha to get more at-bats and to get more confidence and or utility? Well, you know, what – Nicky Lopez, of course, I'm talking about. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it, that's that's kind of something I've been thinking about too with Nicky Lopez. Is again, I'm I'm not positive that he's an everyday second baseman or or shortstop. I I think he plays good enough defense in both positions. I, I think he's looked really good with the glove. But again, he's got a lot of work to do still at the plate. Um, you know, I, I like his approach to opposite field, but again, he's just not really any pop at all with his bat, which you know I think we were kind of expecting. So. I think he's still got a lot of adjusting to do before he's, you know, able to consistently hit major league pitching. So I don't know if he's your future second baseman or not. So they have options of what they can do, and maybe it's just going to Witt's going to play wherever, you know, whoever's not developing, that's where Witt's going to play. But I think you very well could see him summon right field or second base. I think Lopez, is, is speaking of Witt, is, is a guy he can look at. He, he's still so young, Jake. I mean, he can grow into that body and yeah. still, he'll still get bigger. I, I, you know, will we see Lopez go on the Whit Merrifield diet? Though? I could easily see it. They play together. They're teammates. Mm-hmm. They're very, both college guys, both similar type players, both gamers, both great dudes. I think you and I love Witt and, and Lopez, and we're both hoping that Nicky follows his footsteps. I think Nicky's got a, a very good chance of being a good major leaguer, but you're right. He's got to prove it still. The, the offense is not quite there yet, but, you know, still not close to a finished project, you know, either. And, and, the, and the body has more, more projectability to grow into that body and frame, I think, as well. Speaking of wit, Jake, 
Will he finish his full four-year contract with the Royals, or will he be traded at some point? <laughs> I feel like we talked about this before the season, and I don't even remember what my answer was. I think was we talk about point. it, like, every day. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I should. I feel like I should lean to no, but <laughs> I, I feel like if you're gonna again, I, maybe I said this last off season. I feel like this off season would probably be the best time to trade him. Yeah. But if they don't do it this off season, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Or if it does, I just don't think they're. I think they would get more probably this off season than they ever would. Agree. Yeah. So I, I think. Yeah, I think this would be the time to do it if it's going to happen. Yeah, um, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I agree. I agree with you. I don't either. This would be the winner because then all 30 or all 29 other teams could make a run hypothetically versus at the deadline, you know, maybe only two, three, four teams really need a, that type of player at that point. So um, definitely with you on that. Should they trade him, Jake? I think we would both probably say yes, you know, knowing where this rebuild is at and where it's headed. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because by the time this team is actually competing again, it's going to be at least a couple of years. And, you know, he's going to be at the very end of that contract by the time they're actually competing. So I, I think it would be the smarter move. I think you could get some really elite-level prospects for him if you traded him this winter. A couple so, top 100, man. And and it'll probably be the same thing where Dayton's probably going to say, okay, someone's going to have to blow us away with an offer again this winter. And, and hopefully someone will because – I, I really think it would be the best thing for the Royals. As much as I love Witt, I love watching the guy play. I think he's an unbelievably valuable player right now, but I'm not sure if he will be in two or three years when the team's competing. And wouldn't it be nice for him to see him in the playoffs to get one shot the way he plays the game as a gamer, you know? That, that, that would be Absolutely. fun to see him. You know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm with you, though. I don't really want to trade him because I love the guy. I, I think you and I wrote two of the first people that were talking him up like four or five years ago, five years ago now, yep. when nobody was talking about him. We, we were screaming this guy from the, from the rooftops. But, you know, for the good of the Royals, I do think it probably is the right move to move him. Will they? I don't think they will. But I think, I think it would be the right move if they end up doing that, you know, depending on the package, obviously. You can't just trade to trade. But... Um, anyway, pitching, Jake. Talk to me about Jake Junis, Brad Keller, and Glenn Sparkman. Where are we at with those three? We've seen good from from all three of those in the second half, especially Keller and Junis. Yeah, you know, I, Brad Keller is having a very similar year to, I think, kind of what you and I expected. We thought there maybe would be a little bit of regression, which we saw the first half of the season. He's really um, turned it on as of late, the second half, and turned it around. I think he was, he was just walking a lot more people earlier in the season than we were used to, and he's kind of gotten that more under control now. So, Again, I think we forget sometimes how young Brad Keller still is. I mean, he's he, he's just he's only a year older than Brady Singer. Yeah, he's so, the, he's the exact mean, same age to the day of Raul Mondesi, Alberto Mondesi. They were born the same day. So. Yeah, so I mean, there's still a lot a lot of developing happening there for him. But I, I think it's really impressive to see him come out and have you know again pretty solid statistics for his only in his second year as a major league starter. So. I've been impressed with him, and he's been a workhorse. I mean, 158 innings this year is, you know, got him on pace to be close to 200, which is fantastic, everything you would want. Same thing with Jake Junis. You know, again, he's been really impressive as of late. Um, you know, he, he's I, I really like what I've seen from him. He's been using his fastball a lot better this year, and uh, slider, you know, again, he's given up some home runs on it, but also has nice for hit is just unhittable. So, I've been really impressed with both of them. And then Glenn Sparkman, you know, you kind of never know what you're going to get out of him. But he's had some really impressive impressive outings, like the complete game shut out a couple weeks ago. That's some outings where he's really gotten roughed up. But I think there actually is something there. He has certain nights where he's able to locate very well. 
and I, I do like the stuff. So I've been pretty happy with you know all, all three of them this year, especially Keller and Junis. Two points. Number one, Sparkman plays much better as a reliever, no? I think so, and, yeah. and that's, that's, that's kind of what I thought when I'm watching him because I think he could crank that stuff up a little bit even more. Because he's, I mean, he can. That fastball's in the mid nineties at times. So I think he could get it up even higher. He was out of the pen. Jake, did so, you did I mean, you just quote a little Soldier Boy crank that right there? <laughs> I did, I did. No, I, I and, that's, and obviously with with what we've got coming too. I mean, Sparkman's not going to be part of this team's future starting rotation in a couple of years, but you could turn him into a bullpen arm. I think that's where his future is with this team. Now the other, you made a good point there, a very good point that people don't realize about Brad Keller being a year older. Uh, than Brady Singer. Let me ask you a question. Would you be, expectation-wise, would you be happy, okay, or disappointed if Brady Singer turns into Brad Keller at the big league level? Hmm. That is, that is good. I, I feel like I wouldn't, I don't, would say I would be, I guess I would be happy. I, I wouldn't say, I, I'm kind of in between. Yeah. I wouldn't be upset. Um, I'm, I'm hoping his upside's even a little bit higher than Keller's. I kind of see Keller as like, I think Keller's like a strong like three yeah. in a rotation where I, I, I'm hoping that Singer can be a two, if not an eight. Yeah. So I, I guess I'd be slightly disappointed, but uh, you know, I, again, right now I would be, uh, if you have a bunch of starters in your rotation, they're like Keller, you're going to have a chance every night to win. So, Okay. A couple more guys I want to ask you about before we get to the 40 man. Uh, talk to me about Richard Lovelady, Josh Stamon. Are these just guys that have tremendous stuff and upside that need to figure it out at the big league level? Yeah, yeah. I, I still, I still like both their stuff. Even watch. I, I know Lovelady had a terrible outing today, where he also just couldn't catch a break either with where the balls were being hit. But you know, the, the stuff is there. He's a lefty throwing in the mid nineties. He's got to get off speed stuff. It's just him adjusting to major league pitching. This is his first year in the bigs. I think you know. As he gets more comfortable, I still think he has a chance to be a good lefty reliever out of the pen. Same with Josh Stamon. Again, the stuff is there. The command is always, you know, the issue with him, but the stuff is absolutely there. And, again, as he continues to face more major league pitching, I think they both are going to be part of the pen in the future. Man, how about a couple of those home runs the Mets had today? Have those landed yet? <laughs> the, the one went into rivals, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, man, they, the team's got, got some pop in the middle of that order, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about the 40-man roster, Jake, and September call-ups and the Rule 5 draft and all that. So, the 40-man roster, we have four spots open right now on the 40. Now, before we talk about call-ups, so people understand the Rule 5 draft, the 40-man roster. So, of course, 25 men are on the big league level. They'll be 26 next year. And most people know this, but just in case you don't, 25 men on the MLB roster at any given time this year. It'll be 26 next year with an extra player being added. Um, but that leaves 15 more guys on your 40-man roster that are down typically in AAA, sometimes in AA, that can be called up and sent up and down whenever you want because they, as long as they have options, of course, because they're on the 40, right? So you can go up and down, and they're protected yep. from the Rule 5 draft. Now, the Rule 5 draft, it's very confusing. We'll just give you the real basic. Typically, if a guy is 22 years old and was a high school player, he's t once he hits those four years, he's eligible, and then a year or two later for a college player, um, typically is how that works. It goes by age and service time. It's too complicated, but just know that in general, once a guy plays four or five years in the minor leagues, he can be plucked in the Rule 5 draft if he's not protected. Brad Keller being a prime example of somebody the Royals took in the Rule 5 draft. Joaquin Soria, another famous one in the past. And then you've had some of the guys that didn't turn out as much, like Burt Smith or Jake 
The only guy in the Royals with a zero ERA this year, Chris Ellis, who got in one game before he was DFA, which was still kind of odd, if you ask me, but... Or not DFA, but turn to his team, whatever. Anyway, so with that being said, Jake, we've got a lot of guys that the Royals need to add to their 40. It's a good thing they have four open spots, plus they've got, if you go up and down that 40-man roster, we're not going to call guys out, but you've got an easy seven or eight guys you can jettison without really caring um, on the 40. So let's go through some of these guys, though. We're not going to – well, after the season, we'll go through who the Royals have to protect and who they don't. Right now, let's talk about September call-ups. Here's the guys on the 40-man. I'm going to give you some guys that aren't that I think could be called up here in a minute because they do have four open spots. But right now, these are the guys on the 40 that, as of today, could be called up because they're on the 40-man roster. Jorge Bonifacio, 26 years old, hitting 221 at Omaha and a 7.12 OPS with a juiced ball. He's having a horrible year pretty much – by any metric down there. Do we, he did come up here and hit a bit, you know, caught lightning in the bottle earlier this year. Do we see Bonifacio up here or no? Probably, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's having a bad year, um, I, I think I'll probably still just give him a look in September just to, to see, you know, if, if what they have again. I, I, I'm not high on Bonifacio at all but anymore by any means. I've seen enough of him, and it, it's been a rough last couple of years, but he did have the one good year in that 17 where he actually was solid this, this, at the MLB level. Yeah, and the so. sad thing is you have to worry about steroids. Was it the steroids? You know, since he yeah, tested. That's the yeah, sad that's thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm still holding on, I guess, to that little hope, but I, I don't have many expectations for him either. So. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he's here next year. Um, but I don't think he will come up, Jake. You're going to go yes, I'm going to go no on that one. I, I, I think it's a coin flip, but I'm going to say no because just because they want to get at bats for Phillips – and Starling. You're going to have Gordon out there every day, and you want to see Witt and or Dozier out there in the outfield. I'm going to say no, Jake, on that one, but we'll see. Okay, Kelvin Gutierrez, I'll say yes. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, and he's a guy I want to see more of. Absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather see him than Chesler Cuthbert playing third base if it's not going to be Dozier. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Not to, and I, I think it sounds like I'm hating on Cuthbert in this, and I'm not trying to hate on Cuthbert. I just, it's a guy with a 700 OPS at the major league level that's, that has gotten progressively worse defensively somehow um, the last couple of years. It's just a, a guy that I, I'd rather see Gutierrez, who has at least slightly above average major league defense at third base, and a guy who I think does have just as much upside um, as Chesler Cuthbert, if not more at the plate. Um, Kyle Zimmer, I think we both agree, probably coming back. Yeah, I think he'll be back up. I mean, I, I know he's had a rough time up here when he's been up, but, again, I, I think they want to still see more of him. Um, Eric Skoglund, uh, probably, unless they're mad at him. <laughs> yeah, cause he was up, what, just for a couple of days recently, right? Yeah, didn't even get in the game and sent him right back, yeah. Yeah, and, and I know they're frustrated with what happened with him, you know, last off season, but... Again, a guy who I, I, I think they'll probably, with him being on the 40, bring up and maybe see a few innings out of him. I, I guess out of the 10, I, I guess he could get a spot start at some point if a spot opens up. But, yeah. Yeah, you could, you could easily see the Royals shut down like a, a Keller or a Junis the last week or two of the season if they hit 190, 200 innings. And that, that'd be the kind of guy you nailed it, Jake. That'd be the kind of guy you throw in there for a a spot starter too. Um, a guy I think is probably a slam dunk no. Don't want to put words in your mouth. Arnaldo Hernandez this year – 
Um, been disappointing. 24 years old, put himself on the on the map. He went all the way from High A Wilmington last year, all the way to Omaha. Looked like he had an outside chance in spring training at, at breaking. I mean, an outside, a minuscule chance, but a guy that they at least considered slightly. But 24 years old, Jake, it's not been good. And and the ball's juiced. But 109 innings, only 74 strikeouts. That's not going to play in a 599 ERA. Are you uh, on the no on the Hernandez with me? No, I, I don't. I don't think those numbers are going to play at the MLB level. And yeah, I, I think there's still some more work that needs to be done there. So I, I would say no. How about Johnny Manziel's friend, Jake? You know Connor Green used to hang out with Johnny Manziel growing up. <laughs> Did you know that? I Did not know that. No. Yeah. Connor Green. Uh, so far, a guy that I. I I don't know what I, – I had it in my head before I dug deeper into numbers tonight. I had it in my head that he was, like, going to be a near-sure call-up. And I looked at the numbers, and I'm like, well, maybe not. I mean, he has a – again, this is combined um, Omaha and Northwest Arkansas, better at Northwest Arkansas, but combined 103 innings, 89 Ks, a 5-3-0 ERA. He's 24. I think it's probably a guy they keep on the 40 because he's got some upside. You don't want to lose him in the Rule 5. But do you think, I, do you think he comes up? I'm going to vote no on him in September. I'm going to say no as well. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be up, but I think he will stay on the 40. And then two other guys, um, Scott Blewett, who's not coming up. He just got sent back down to AA Northwest Arkansas, ERA around seven. That's not happening, obviously. And then this one's interesting, too, because we've seen this guy plenty. Well, not plenty, but quite a bit the last year plus, last two years. Heath Fillmeyer, Jake, talk to me about Heath Fillmeyer, 486 ERA. That's better than the other guys we've talked about. 25 years old. Do we see him again, or, or have we seen enough? You know, I, I, honestly, I would like to see more of him up here in September just because, again, he had some good outings last year when he was starting for us. So he's a guy, again, would like to see either in a spot start or some long release this September. So it wouldn't shock me if he's up. So, okay, so you're going to say Bonifacio, yes. Gutierrez, yes. Zimmer, yes. And then... Phil Meyer, Skoglin, one or the other, maybe. Yeah, and I guess you guess that you bring up a good point that maybe it wouldn't make sense to bring them both up. You probably just whichever one of them you're bringing up is probably going to get a spot start and probably do some long release. So maybe it is just one of those two. So four of those guys, and then no on Arnaldo Hernandez, Connor Green, Scott Blewett. So we're both going to say either three or four between the two of us. We'll say four. Four of those guys, because I do think they'll bring up five or six. Now, it gets me to the second point here, Jake, and I think there's one guy that's a sure thing. There's four guys I'm going to – sorry, five guys I'm going to bring up to you um, with four open 40 spots. Now, all five of these guys will have to be protected this winter or the Royals could lose them in the Rule 5 draft. That's why I think they could get called up. Then again, the Royals might just wait till the offseason, not want to pay somebody to sit on the bench in September and just add them to the 40 at the end of the year. They don't have to do it September 1st, so that's not until after the year. But with that said, Jake – a few names here that need to be added. Now, this guy's probably not going to get the call-up, but if you remember, Jake, the last few years, have you noticed how there's always one pitcher that gets added and called up that you never think is going to get called up from Omaha? Yeah. And it, it, it's yeah. always somebody you don't think. So I'm going to throw Brian Brickhouse's name out there. I did see him throw last week. He's 27. Um, a guy before he came up to Omaha I would have thought was a slam dunk. He was dominating down at Northwest Arkansas. He sits at 96, touches 97, 98. I've read he hits 100. I've never seen it, but I've seen him three times. I've seen him hit 98 several times. Over a K per inning, um, Brian Brickcast, though, the ERA is up around five. Do we see him up or no, not till after the, uh, not till the 40 till after the year? I'm going to say probably no, but he's the guy I would definitely – want to put on the 40 and not lose if you know anyone who's thrown in the upper 90s i would say you definitely 
going to hold on to on that 40-man roster. So I'm going to say you don't see him up, but I think he does get protected. All right, Jake, this guy, this next guy, you and I love this guy. We've been talking about this guy for two years. I've been on the, I've been the president of the Junior Marte <laughs> fan club. Jake, he's only 24 years old. Uh, it took him forever to call the poor kid up to Omaha. I thought he should have started at Omaha this year, but 3.83 combined this year between Omaha and Northwest Arkansas. The question with Marte, of course, is control. The stuff is all always there. It's command and control with him. 63 strikeouts and 54 innings combined. Yeah, I know you've seen him this year. Talk to me about Junior Marte, and could he be a guy we see brought up in September or and or added to the 40? I mean, he's a guy I'd love to see in September. I don't know if they're going to do it, but when I saw him pitch in A earlier this year, I was trying to figure out why he was there because he was just dominating hitters. I mean, the guy has electric stuff, throws in the mid, mid-90s, has a wipeout breaking ball. So he's a guy I would love to see. I think his stuff can play at the major league level. He can be a good reliever. Um, you know, whether he's ready for that, I don't know, but I don't think it would hurt to bring him up in September and see him throw a little. But he's a guy they absolutely have to put on the 40-man roster. Agree. Agree. I'm going to pull my hair out if he's not. Uh, you, I love me some Junior Marte. Okay, this next guy, Jake, I, I think is a sure thing to come up in September and be added. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. 57 stolen bases for Mr. Nick Heath, who is a 25-year-old outfielder. I know you saw him play at Northwest Arkansas, as have I. I saw him at Omaha last week. The guy's a stud. 721 OPS, which is not bad for a speed guy. Uh, again, the ball's juice, so it's still below average. But um, 338 on base, respectable. I'd like to see him walk a little bit more, but he does know how to how – to, he's commanded the strike zone a lot better. He's, he's developed a lot. I think Nick Heath's got actually a pretty good upside, only 25. He has to be protected. He's obviously going to be added to the 40. Do we see Nick Heath, or is it, again, where there's too many outfielders and they just wait till the winter? Yeah, that's that's the only reason I would think that maybe we don't. I mean, he's absolutely going to get added to the 40. Um, but whether we see him, just because with trying to get Phillips and Starlane and everyone else in the outfield every day at bats, I, I don't know what his role would be in September other than maybe a few spot starts or coming off the bench to steal a couple bases. But I, I feel like it would almost serve him better to maybe just play out you know, the rest of the season, and we'll, we'll, see, if, um, we'll see if that happens. Again, I'd love to see him at the major league level, uh, and I saw him play at double-A this year. I couldn't believe how much he developed at the plate. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he had really developed, and, of course, the stolen bases were just ridiculous. I mean, he, he's an automatic stolen base every time he's on. So he's a guy, again, absolutely going to protect. I don't know if we'll see him though in September. Fans will love Nick Keith. Super nice kid, by the way, too. Um, a big Nick Keith fan. Okay, two more. Eric Mejia, a guy the Royals got from the Dodgers, um, great utility-type infielder, 24 years old. For a utility infielder, Jake, 747 OPS, that's not bad for a, a guy that is known more for his defense. 16 steals, so he's he's got a little little speed there. Respectable respectable to good, 350 on base percentage. Eric Mejia, a guy that's got to be added. Will he be added? I think probably he doesn't come up since you already have Arteaga, Merrifield, and you you know Nicky Lopez. You've got Mondesi in theory coming back maybe. I w wouldn't be shocked if we don't see Mondesi again, to be honest, just because of why, why risk yeah. it? Why risk it if it's September 15th or after? But Eric Mejia, talk to me about him. Do we see him add to the 40 this winter? Is there a, a chance he gets called up, or is he just a maybe on the 40? I guess I could see if, if Mondesi doesn't, isn't coming back at all this year, I guess I could see where maybe there would be an opportunity to, to add him and bring him up in September because there are going to be more, you know, more chances to play shorter second for him. So it wouldn't shock me if, if Mondesi's not coming back. If Mondesi does come back, I don't think you see him. Um, but again, a guy who I hope they add to the forty because, and I, I can see, I think he is going to be, a, you know, a utility player at the major league level. 
So he's, again, a guy I'd, I'd like to see get some at-bats at the majors level soon. And one more guy, Jake. This guy, I think we saw him for the first time in 2017, or was it 16? Andres Machado. 17, is that right? Andres Machado, now 26. Yeah. <laughs> he used to be on the 40-man. Um, somehow the Royals kept him. I'm kind of surprised about that, that he ended up back with them after they took him off the 40. But he's had a good year for AAA especially. And I know, I know, I know you can't just go off of ERA for relievers. I get that it's semi-flawed, but I don't have all the advanced metrics, metrics for AAA. And we don't see these guys as much. So it's still a, a baseline to go off of. But a 2.74 ERA for Machado, 69 innings, 63 K. So almost a K per inning. Do I think he's much more than like what Kevin McCarthy is. I mean, do I think he can pitch at the major league level like McCarthy? Yes. Do I think he's got Junior Marte's upside or Stamont's upside or Lovelady's? No. What do we think of Andres Machado? Is he coming up and or is he being added or is it just he's 26 and kind of older and they've got other guys to worry about in the 40? You know, I hadn't thought about him much, you know, before this. And again, yeah, really good numbers this year in AAA is what I'm seeing. I, I don't know. Again, we've got, what, four spots up on the 40, correct? Yeah, right. So, again, a, a decision is going to have to be made there. If they if they think there's any upside at all with him at the major league level, I would think they'd want to put him on the 40 and bring him up in September to see. And, you know, again, you can always make the change again if you don't like what you see. But I, I think it would be worth bringing up a guy with those numbers in AAA um, to see what he's got in September. He might as well because, again, so many issues with the bullpen right now, not really any roles at all. I think it's pretty much open tryouts at this point. So I'd like to see him in September. So we have we agree there's four guys in the 40 coming up. So of the five guys I mentioned, Brickhouse, Marte, Heath, Mejia, Machado, do we think one of those guys get called up or two of them? Let me think. So I, I don't – I feel like – when I'm thinking – I feel like there's the best chance is probably four pitchers. Yeah. I, I feel like Machado and Brickhouse, I would think, that, again, with the way the bullpen's looking, they'd like to probably see any arm that they've got down there and see what they can do at the MLB level. So maybe maybe those two get the chance because, again, I don't know if there's as many opportunities for the others. But, again, it wouldn't surprise me if multiple guys, again, there are put on the 40 and brought up. So probably Eric Mejia's got the least chance of the – I would think so. Nick Heath has a decent chance, I suppose, right? I mean, he's going he's gonna to be added to the 40 no matter what. So I've got to think he's got a 50-50. Man, Jake, I, I want to see Junior Marte so bad. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. I, I loved watching him at AA this year. I, I, would, I think he's got, like, you know, back end of the bullpen type stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I want to see any, any arm that we have that could possibly be a bullpen arm in the future. I want to see him in September. Well, my last question for you, anything else surprise you or stick out about the second half of the year? Any other thoughts we haven't touched on that about this 2019 bunch or the future going forward? It could be at the major league level, the minor league level. Anything really stick out for you? Um, just one thing, and again, this, this is just more of a disappointment for this. Have you been as disappointed with Jorge Lopez as I have? Oh, yes, I should have brought that up. Yeah, really, really disappointed because he has the stuff, Jake. Yeah, it's so frustrating because to watch him go out there because he does, you know, you you see the breaking ball, you see the fastball in the mid nineties. He just has no command and no command in the strike zone at all. It just leaves everything up, and it's it's really frustrating because I thought with the way he finished off last year that he had a chance to, you know, if nothing else, even if he wasn't going to be a starter, be a good, you know, guy out of the pen, a long man who could actually, you know, crank it up a little bit more. But it's it's been a really disappointing because he's just failed in every role he's had this year on the team. Is that a guy that's even on the 40 this winter? 
I honestly don't know. It, it's it's been so bad this year that again, no matter what what role, what situation, it's it's just been a disaster. So I, I honestly don't know if they want to continue to give them another chance or if they want to open up a spot. But that, that that's probably been the biggest one of the biggest disappointments this year, I would say, is, is his performance. And five of those guys that I mentioned at the end there are guys that will have to be added to the 40 or lost. There's about another five at double-A and high-A that we can talk about next time. But there's about ten guys that they have to consider adding. Um, there's four open spots. The problem is you're going to need two or three for free agents. So probably only one open spot, plus you'd have to open up another five or six if you want to start protecting a lot of these guys. So those are the kind of decisions the Royals will have to make. That's where Dayton Moore makes a lot more money and knows a lot more than we do. You know, your, your guys, you know, there's, there's lots of fringe guys, though, Jake. Though You, all, you know, your Jacob Barneses and your, 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 yep. your Newberries and your Jorge Lopez's and um, even your Arteagas, when you've got guys like Mejia that need to be protected, you know, all up and down. Your, your Dini's, what will happen with him with the depth they have and having all these catchers and Salvi back? I mean, there's up and down, there's a good seven, eight, nine, ten guys that you have to wonder about that are currently on the 40 as we head towards next year. Well, Jake, before we let you go, how are the Chiefs going to be this year? Give us your prediction. You know, I mean, I, I'm excited. I, I think they've got a good chance to go probably 12 and 4 again. And you know, of course, I, I want to win it all. But again, it's gonna we're we're gonna have to see how the defense meshes together. I I, I like their chances though. If everyone stays healthy, I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a fun year again. Have you tried the Mahomes Magic Crunch yet at High V? I actually got a box earlier today. They just got restocked. So if you are listening to this, I would go to High V right now because they're probably gone. <laughs> I, is it true or true or false, Jake? True or false? Me. Myself, true or false, I bought 11 boxes of it today because I want to eat it on football Sundays all year, and I stocked up for later in the year, and I've got them in storage up here in my closet. True or false? That sounds absolutely true. Yeah, otherwise it's way too oddly specific, right? I I wish I would have bought more of them. Are they still going on eBay for forty bucks? They're going like twenty bucks a shot or something. I'm I just bought I bought eleven boxes. I'm gonna give my dad one box and then I'm gonna eat like one this week. But I'm really legitimately gonna try to make them last the whole season. I'm gonna have half a box like like basically every two Sundays I'll eat one box basically and make them last. It's gonna be like my pregame lucky meal every you should do it, Jake. On join me on this. Go buy eight boxes when we get out the phone here. I'm in. I'll, I'll head to Hy-Vee right now. <laughs> All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for thanks for talking here on Clubhouse Conversation. We'll do a, we'll do an in-depth one. Probably you won't hear from us again until after the season. I don't know how much more there is to talk about in mid-September. Everyone's going to be in football mode. We'll keep doing interviews, obviously. But you, should we shall we reconvene at the end of the season, Jake, and do our next dish here? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we can do a, a season wrap up and uh, you know hopefully talk about some of these guys who get called up and see, see how they did. Let's hope we can talk about Junior Marte next time. I'd be so yeah. happy. <laughs> we better. Give me all the Junior Marte. <laughs>